another episode of The Earbuds. We're back. It's episode 38. What's going on, Mark? Not much. Uh, is this month after month after month? Feb, March, and April now? Yeah, we have. This is the fourth podcast of the year. Just scratching <laughs> it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But two in a couple weeks, which ain't bad. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to try and get back on this grind. Uh, so thanks for listening. If you've heard us before, I guess, uh, we've got a fun episode ahead. We're, uh, this is the official punk episode of 2019. Uh, we're going to discuss albums from two of our favorite indie punk rock bands. There's a lot of buzzwords there. Uh, pup and then priests, um, pup and priests kind of sounds like a religious seminar or something. (laughs) a weird charity (laughs) very very odd uh puppy adoption (laughs) uh yeah a little housekeeping uh follow us on instagram at earbuds cast follow us on twitter at earbuds cast and on spotify at the earbuds all one word when you search it uh we're also streaming the episodes on spotify if you get them from there uh yeah if you like a review too or if you like us, leave a review. That's what I meant to say. I'm drunk already. It's 7.30 on a Monday, and I'm ready for this national championship game. Oh, yeah. What a match. Who you got tonight, Mark? Not that it'll matter by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah, just edit in the correct answer here. Yeah, edit um, in. Say both names really quick, and then I'll change it. Virginia is <laughs> so boring, though. I just want to root against them. Yeah, I want to root against them, for sure. All right. Let's kick it off then with the news and notes right off the bat. Oh, I'll start? Yeah, you start. Um, So we had suffered a great loss in the music community, unfortunately, um, right after our last episode. So everything's been said, but RIP Nipsey. by all accounts, just a fantastic person, and it's a, just a true tragedy that his life was taken so early. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like they're going to have a cool memorial uh, sort of concert at the at the uh, Staples Centers this Thursday, yeah. actually. Yeah, it um, has been cool seeing L.A. come together to, obviously under unfortunate circumstances, but um, the outpouring of love has been cool to see. Yeah. On a on a brighter note, um, Anderson Pock album comes out this weekend. Yes. How are we feeling? I so based on these two singles, I am very excited for it. It's got uh, so far more of a stripped back sound than Oxnard had, so a little closer to what I liked from Malibu. And both these singles have been fantastic and will be played plenty over the summer by myself. What about you? Yeah, I, these two singles have me much more excited than I was uh, after listening to Oxnard, honestly. Mm-hmm. I thought Oxnard was kind of bad. I don't think it was bad. It's just not what I wanted from Anderson Pock. It was kind of like a rap album that um, it's like it was a good rap album, but I kind of want something more more ambitious or a little different than just a straightforward hip hop album from him. So, um, 
what why is he releasing that like two albums so close together do you i, I mean do we know I mean, I'm assuming he had a bunch of Because he really took his time after Malibu. Yes. So I'm assuming he had a ton of material, and maybe Ventura wasn't initially planned to be released. And, but I don't know, because Oxford was still received like commercially well. Um, so maybe this was the plan all along. Who knows? I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I, I feel like this is going to be a awesome album so <laughs> and this kind of sprang out of nowhere did was this yeah. like well known that he was going to release an album or did like last week he released that single with Smokey robinson and then just no this happened? He, had, he had posted a few weeks ago um okay but it wasn't like it wasn't like oh uh anderson pox can release like two albums like within six months Nobody knew even like a couple months after Oxford that there was another one coming out. So pretty cool. A cool turnaround. Yeah, I'm excited for it. We'll maybe we'll talk about it on Sunday. Hopefully. This is next episode. Um, another one of our favorite uh, hip hop artists announced an album that's going to be out next week, actually. So Saba uh, from Chicago had one of our favorite albums of last year has announced that his group, uh, the Pivot Gang, uh, will have like a collective album out next Friday. Thoughts on that? I'm excited. Excitement they, level. Yeah, pretty high. They've had like a couple singles off of it um, out already, kind of before they had officially announced anything. So those are floating out on Spotify. They're fun. They're cool, like posse cuts with all, you know, verses from everybody. Uh, and I mean, I think Saba is still probably the most talented and most high profile, but they're all like Joseph Chilliams. They're all like competent, like good rappers. So I don't think there's going to be like too many stinker verses out there. No, I'm very excited. And from following them on like Instagram, it's not, it seemed like all of their studio sessions have been, they look very fun. So right. it's like, I think was brewed in yeah. some kind of like very, yeah, very fun got, atmosphere. Uh, one of the singles has a Smino feature, and then Mick Jenkins is also listed on the track list. So it'll be a Hell cool yeah. Chicago showing. Yeah, excited about that next uh, next Friday. Uh, a couple cool releases coming up. All right, last, last news and notes. This is all you. Get on your pedestal. Oh, so on my Twitter adventures today... Uh, I came across, or I was directed to Rivers Cuomo's um, Twitter feed, the lead singer of Weezer, also notably a 48-year-old white man, and he's <laughs> just saying stuff like, deadass, and like, I have literally no ideas for memes, what is life if I have no memes, um, want to do The TikTok picture you sent is so me. funny. Yeah, and those those aren't like cherry picked. Those are all just in a row. Like, what is your uh, yeah? And then this one. What is your opinion on men making the first move? I feel badass when I do it, but it doesn't always yield the result I want. You know. Like this guy. Yeah, which was he's like trying so hard to be like, oh, I'm so random, lol. But dude, just stop. <laughs> so yeah. we're canceling Weezer. Weezer's done. <laughs> Weezer's canceled. After the, because the, the tweet you just said was preceded by 
wearing my super cool dishwashing gloves oh, yeah. and There's nothing else. What? What the fuck is this guy's deal? Dude, he's trying. He's just trying so hard. It's not working. Nah, we're canceling Weezer. Mm-hmm. Let's tweet at them canceled. every day. You're canceled. <laughs> You're canceled, Rivers. <laughs> um. Right, so that was our news and notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Weezer. You're fucking out on. We're all out on you. Uh. I mean, this is just the singles of the week are basically just more news and notes, honestly. Uh, but Little Nas X uh, released an Old Town Road remix with Billy Ray Cyrus. How how jazzed are you? So initially, I how pumped like, are you about the memes and how pumped are you about the song? All right, yeah. So the memes are funny, and like the song is probably not that good, but there's something about it where I've very much enjoy listening to it. It does just make me happy. Cause it's just kind of dumb, and like Billy Ray Cyrus's verse is like the perfect amount of just like it's just it's a very 2019 song, I guess. Baby's got a habit. Yeah, and I just kind of you know I want to be drunk at a bar and just like shouting it at the top of my lungs, and <laughs> that's like the feeling I get anytime I hear it. So. Same. I, I just, yeah. I pretend like I'm riding a horse and just the, I got the horses in the back. It like rocks. Yeah. And I, like the memes are funny. It's just wholesome and good. And you know, sometimes that's what you need. Um, and for those listening that are unfamiliar with the controversy behind this song, the original version was released, what, like a month ago, maybe? Yeah. Maybe a little more than that. Maybe a little bit more than that. And, uh, it was originally on the Billboard country charts, and then they removed it because it wasn't country enough, and there's been a lot of backlash uh, about that. And then the he got Billy Ray Cyrus on the remix, and now it's back on the country charts. And then the Billboard Twitter account earlier, that, like last week, like tweeted out like on New Music Friday, like check out the remix. And Little Nas like quote tweeted it just with like the eye emoji, like yeah. come on. Yeah, I mean, that's just, like, shameless by them to do. <laughs> yeah, like, but, come on, guys. Uh, he seems, yeah, he, well... He seems fun. So there was this, um, like, article I read about him, or not read, skimmed through, um, about his, like, kind of life pre this song. So basically, he ran a big, like, meme account and it had like a ton of followers, and then he really? he switched like the account, which is the, he hasn't been the only one who to do this. It's like a strategy, I guess. So he gets a ton of followers by like reposting memes and stuff, and then he switches it to like Lil Nas X branding on Twitter, and then like posts his song. So that's where like so he had just like a built-in base for it basically which oh is wow genius that's, that's we so should smart. do that that's so why don't smart. we should we should just do that <laughs> damn i didn't know that i just saw the stuff about him like quitting college last year yeah to pursue this but that that makes sense good for that guy yeah very good. and he's i mean he's obviously like smart like getting billy ray on this like he had to know he was gonna mm-hmm. he was gonna blow up I guess yeah, I don't know if Billy Ray Cyrus commands that, but like it's just like funny that yeah, that's like the... I there's a lot of back and forth on Twitter that I saw of just like 
because obviously the target audience for this song is only had like a passing familiarity with Billy Ray Cyrus, like myself. So everybody was like, oh yeah, he's like huge, or he's got like country cred, and other people are like, no, like everybody laughed at Achy Breaky Heart. So I still don't know the answer to that. It yeah, could be like, I'm not sure. Yeah. He could be like an just like an old school memer, to be honest. He's Achy Hannah Breaky Montana's Heart. dad yeah. to me. <laughs> right. But. I mean, he kind of flows on the song somehow. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. got bars. Just like cheesy lyrics, it's great. <laughs> Just once. I'm wholesome. all here. It's wholesome. I'm here for the wholesome cheesiness. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna be blasting "Old Town Road" remix a lot. Yeah, what if that is like the song of the summer? <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> no chance. Give me it. <laughs> We got the like horses in the bags every time you're out at the bars. That would be too much. Yep. All right. It would, so what's your yeah, move on. single of the week, Nick? Uh, my single of the week was actually released today. Uh, and it is, uh, the song is called Chopsticks. It's by Schoolboy Q and Travis Scott. Have you listened to it? Oh, I have. It's certified bad. Whelmed. Yeah. It is bad. I don't think it's bad. It's just kind of like it just it doesn't feel like it's a finished song. No, it absolutely does not feel like a finished song. That is like very, I, very accurate. I like the like kind of bouncy vibe of it and uh that's about it. It felt The it, Travis it, Scott intro of him just going like I love chopsticks is like just awful. I don't know. I I'm a big Travis stan, so it's hard for me to say anything bad about him. But I'm. I, I was, mean, it's I very was, much a, a show up and get your check song for him. His feature, his hook is just like chopsticks, chopsticks, chopsticks. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's <laughs> it's like, like the dumbest song I've heard in a long time. Schoolboy has like a nice flow, but I honestly didn't pick up a single word he said in any of his verses, and it just. They seemed like just generic verses. So I'm kind of concerned, to be honest. Uh, Num Num Juice was a good single, but what, again, didn't blow me away. And before every one of his past albums, there's been a single where I have like loved. Like Collard Greens, that part. Um, I think Hands on the Wheel is a single. And unless he releases a third single i i don't know we'll yeah see. i'm i'm uh my expectations are tempered yeah. is what i'll say currently because uh like there's just so my expectations are so high for what his album should mm-hmm. be coming off of uh last what two years ago three years ago now we've been yeah. waiting blank face yeah yeah uh well but his then he's albums been, are all very good right and he's now like gone he's removed himself from the studio and from touring and like after mac miller's death so i don't know like this i think he's going through like a lot of stuff yeah so i hope he's not like forcing himself into putting this together like if he needs time or something i, I don't know yeah I like mean, this, we'll see yeah we'll see I hope it turns out well. Maybe yeah. the singles are just not representative of the whole album. 
Who knows? Well, they also, TDE is notorious for the way they promote and release albums. Because I remember they didn't release, uh, shoot, Oxymoron for a while because Collard Greens didn't get, like, big enough, even though that song was, like, amazing. And so they really? they wanted him to put out like another like another single, and like wanted that it to get bigger before they dropped the album. So, huh. uh, it'll be interesting to see how like these singles and like the reception to them, how that kind of plays into everything. Yeah, because he has a, a big cult following. I mean, yeah, but now he's much bigger than he was. So right, he could probably he would be fine just dropping a surprise album. Yeah. Uh, We'll so, see. I'm intrigued, but this song was was tough to listen to today. Yeah, I was I was surprised when I saw you put it on the spreadsheet, but now I know why. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. I think it's yeah. it's worthwhile to discuss as Schoolboy stands. Okay. Uh, so that wraps it up. We're not gonna we're gonna hop into our two albums of the week. Uh, first up being the the new day or the new album from Pup. stuff came out this past friday um so hands up i was only mild like vaguely familiar of their existence and this is the first pup album that i've actually listened to huge fan uh i i'm a very big into this album i don't kind of get deeper into it as we go but any initial thoughts nick it's obviously well, I think a punk that, album, so that's our yeah. I uh, the intro song there is uh, was called "Free at Last," um, and it was one of the I don't know. It's a good representation of what this album sounds like. Was I supposed uh, to wait for you to drop that in? <laughs> no worries, dude. We're just gonna go with it. I'll figure out it. We're gonna. This is. It's already in there. You know, as people listen to it. Yes. It's edited in. Lovely. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think, kind of building off your point, I had never, I had, like, a vague familiarity with them as a group, and that's only because, like, a few of the Chicago-based music journalists I follow on Twitter sometimes talk about them, mm-hmm. uh, and I have found my way into following, like, a couple of Toronto journalists and, like, Toronto music scene stuff, uh, based on a couple trips this last year. Um, and they're from Toronto, so I've been at least vaguely familiar with them. Yes. From like an internet uh personality. But again, I've never listened to their music until this. But I was like really, really happy. It's a very, very good album. Uh it's their third studio album. 
Um, and after kind of like digging into some of their older stuff, their first two albums were pretty were met with like kind of critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still small. Uh, I think they have like four hundred thousand listeners, monthly listeners on Spotify. So they're by no means like. I yeah, shouldn't say they're, they're that's small. Probably bumped they, up a they, little too. They, they have like a regional, right, right. Uh, probably a small cult following, but they rock. They really shred. Um, that's kind of my my initial thoughts. I thought uh, maybe we'll jump off the bridge from here. Wow, I don't really know what I was going for there. <laughs> um, <laughs> jump off the bridge from well, here. No, uh, that's a good segue because jumping off a, point. It's a very dark and angry album with like the. These are like it's extremely dark lyrics, I would say, um, but they're which kind of lives up to the album name of morbid stuff. Uh, yeah, but it's largely the- balanced out with. It's like a still very pop punk. Um, there's like awesome sing along choruses, and there's just enough kind of, not tongue in cheek, but sort of playfulness and self-awareness in the lyrics that uh prevent it from like being completely overwhelming yeah uh i mean to that point there's a song on the album uh which is called uh i don't want to fuck this up as i talk about it uh give me three and a half seconds here everyone that's listening um what's the one about the apocalypse See you at your funeral. Yeah, see you at your funeral. <laughs> that song cracks me up, man. It's like yeah. really dark and depressing, but it's basically about like walking into a grocery store and seeing your ex, your ex, and then oh, yeah. like the song segues into like talking about the apocalypse. Yeah, and like <laughs> that. Really... So that like verse to, or I guess the verse to verse transition got a lot of love and like reviews and stuff. But the end of like the, because he talks about being in like the organic section and like. Being like, oh, what do you think of me now? But he ends that being like, kind of, I didn't have to ask you how you're doing, but I've always been a little masochistic, which is very funny. (laughs) Dude, it's really funny. To your point, they're they're playful lyrics on larger themes. Yeah, and he, uh, so Stefan Babcock, I think it's Stefan and not Stephen, tweeted out a couple, I think it was on Friday when the album came out, he tweeted out, like, the, he's the lead singer. He said, this is me when I was writing these songs. And he posted the link to the Peter You Suck video from <laughs> Sarah Marshall. <laughs> so it's very dark. There's lyrics like, um, well, the, some of the choruses, you catch yourself singing along and it, like, hits you over the head how dark it is. It's not... So we talk about albums sort of where it's like, oh, this poppy sound, but dark lyrics. And you can kind of like ignore the dark lyrics almost. But I caught myself like singing along and it's down and out. I've been on the rocks. I've been having some pretty dark thoughts and I like them a lot, which is like, (laughs) it's hard to look past. Yeah. I mean, like to that point, the, the song we, the intro song, that we played free at last is like, just cause you're sad again, doesn't make you special at all. But like, as you're singing it, you're like, Oh, this is like, this is a little darker yeah, than I, it's, but it's so fun. He, um, uh, I like Babcock being dark and mysterious was quoted in a earlier 
earlier interview saying, I think it's probably the same for a lot of people, feeling like you should be happy and there's no reason to feel this way. So something must be seriously wrong with you. It just puts a lot of pressure on you to feel better when maybe putting pressure on yourself is not the way to feel better. And that kind of links up to, there's not really a like a happy ending or a positive call to action in this album either. It like ends on like a very, like the last song is, the first half is a little slower and then it just kind of like flows up into this like angry, like ripping guitar ending. And you're just kind of left like, oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, to that point, there's no real call to action at the end. Like you're not, there's no one message, but it is kind of a nice space to feel a certain way. Yes. Like I, yes. I, I don't really don't know how to explain it other from like when you listen to front to back, it you it does have it, your highs, it, your yeah. lows, and then you like you you process whatever feelings you have. You can connect with it, and it does make you feel better, but not in like a like a oh everything's gonna be okay way. It's more of a just like oh yeah, like other people feel like this sometimes. Yeah, like oh I needed that. Like I just needed a yeah. deep breath, listen to that, and I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. And it it made me feel uh, <laughs> just like the way it sounds. Um, like I was watching like early two thousands like MTV show, like mm-hmm. the Bam Margera show mm-hmm. or like Jackass or playing like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It reminds, it's just like, yeah, it's like sh- very, yeah. I, I described it as, um, to one of our friends earlier this weekend, I'm going to wait for this siren to pass by. Um, as it like strikes me as like, kind of like some 41, like simple plan somewhere along, around that time. But like, more technically proficient and like mm-hmm. lyrically mature uh because so on the song full-blown meltdown which is uh like by far like the angriest and like probably most hardcore song on here it's like incredible like lyric writing he it's all kind of about you know the music industry like fetishizing mental illness and similar problems and he like and how they're making like that's like the business now for a lot of artists and he kind of goes and baby business is booming then later in the song he like acknowledges that he's doing the exact same thing on this album and goes i'm just surprised the world isn't sick of grown men whining like children it's just music after all half the crap i say is just things i've stolen from the bathroom walls so it's like it's yeah he's it's like very self-aware and i yeah it's great i like the there's so much to dig into in the lyrics um and just kind of my last piece is like it's very well written but like the production like the mixing on it is like fantastic as well like the drums sound so good like if you listen to it on like a nice pair of like headphones or speakers like the drums especially just hit so well yeah it sounds very finished yeah and like it's because it's a four-piece band and there's like everybody kind of gets their like moment in the spotlight throughout the album it's very like a well-balanced band yeah and at like 35 minutes it's very accessible it's not um it doesn't drain you you can get in and out kind of process your shit 
move on and then come <laughs> back to it when you feel a certain way, you know? Yeah, as he's, he says in full-blown meltdown, it's been a couple of days since I've had a full-blown meltdown. So Yeah, so know, when it comes back around. Yeah, every couple of days, give it a listen. 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so check out check out this album. Um, check out Pup. Uh, I'm assuming they'll be on a nice little tour to support the album here. Um, oh, yeah, quick anecdote. Um, yeah. I said the same thing to myself. I was like, this would be a fun show to check out. Uh, I Google, well, no, because I saw on Spotify they have it listed, like, Pup is playing the Metro in May. So I Googled, like, Pup Metro May uh, to see what the ticket situation was looking like. And a different date popped up and said, second date added to demand, sold out. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, God damn. Right. So I like hit up StubHub just out of curiosity. Cheapest tickets right now are on Friday were $108. Oh, <laughs> so oh they're doing okay. A good show. <laughs> yeah, they must put on like a raucous show. <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah. All right. Well, so if you do get the chance to see them, I would suggest it. Yeah. Or if anyone in Chicago has tickets and wants yeah, to give them to up. your favorite movie podcast or music podcast, oh, holler Jesus. at you. Yeah. I fucked that up. <laughs> I'm watching TV and doing the podcast, texting on my phone. The pregame show was long, it seemed like. <laughs> There's our pregame review. Um. <laughs> Next I'm not even watching that. I'm watching the worst. Oh. I, I'm, I'm watching the Oakland A's baseball game. They're playing the Orioles currently. Ooh, just a, a heavy hitter matchup. Yeah, the A's are good. That's my second favorite team. Okay. Speaking of, shout out the Cubs. They put up a ten spot today on the Pirates. And all right, that does it for Pup. Runs. Let's 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 move on. And sports talk. And sports talk. <laughs> That's your 30-minute mark sports talk brought to you by Insert Advertiser. Uh, so, yeah, now we're going to move on. We're gonna, let's, let's talk about priests. Damn it! I did. <laughs> oh, just go with it. I'll, I'll insert it. Like, why is he like pausing like this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the song you heard is "Good Time Charlie," uh, off the second album from the Washington D.C. punk band Priests. Um, off their album "The Seduction of Kansas." Uh, it's the follow-up to, uh, I think it came out in 2017. Their debut album, "Nothing Feels Natural." Uh, which got like a ton of critical acclaim. Uh, they did a big circuit 
were on that album and a lot of think pieces written about them and they've kind of taken their time to develop whatever uh this album is so mark i guess like initial thoughts this is a band we've been kind of aware of since their i shouldn't say inception but since their the release of the first album at least uh yeah so that last album was you know pretty like abrasive not abrasive but like pretty blunt force like punk uh, and this is way more it sounds to me like it's a little more open and spacier and uh like just in general it just sounds more pondering with sort of the themes and the lyrics a lot are a lot more dense and obtuse yeah i think that's a good a, a good point um nothing feels natural felt very uh, like focused and compact, even though to your point, it's a little bit more abrasive, but again, it was like very punk. Like there are just parts that are like lean kind of scream heavy. There are parts that are like just super loud guitars. Uh, it's a very good album, but it, this one, the, their second album here that just came out feels a little bit more. Yeah. Like a little bit, they're testing some new stuff. It's Mm -hmm. a little bit more accessible. And I think that's because they probably, experience a little bit more commercial success and are trying out some new things that might sound better in a bigger music venue. I don't know. That was kind of my initial thought. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because what I was thinking was, I mean, we saw them on their first tour after nothing feels natural and they played in like a 75 person venue here in Chicago. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I doubt that happens again. They, they just sold out a, they're playing at Lincoln hall in Chicago, which is like, 2,000 people. So they went from like 100 people venues to 2,000 in about yeah. a year and a half. Some and some of these songs definitely feel like a little that. bit more like open to your point earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is pivoting. Uh, I was going to use the segue. Oh, it's interesting that they're from D.C. and they talk about politics in their music. But decided to scrap that and just say pivoting away from the more personal stuff from pup not that there isn't personal stuff on here but as i mentioned before there's the lyrics are like tougher to dig into and kind of extract like concrete ideas from so luckily you found a handy interview where they do that for us (laughs) uh yeah i mean this album um and is definitely thematic uh songs have inspirations and like layered stories in it uh the album itself kind of has some some themes to it that you're supposed to get kind of a some kind of takeaway from that uh so yeah do you want to talk about that like what you're what you kind of took away from it which i didn't really you know pick up on it honestly until i started reading more uh maybe that's just me being tiny brained and not understanding some of the references uh, but I don't know. Uh, I like, so the seduction of Kansas, that title, I sort of, it's like, I have like a general like hunch of what that is. And then, uh, the song, I kind of confirmed that I was like, okay, there, you know, uh, it's how like certain political operators try to like win this, you know, 
state that's sort of seen as like the heartland of America and like your average American. Um, but beyond that, I had it's like a lot of hard, a big hard time, very hard time. Big <laughs> hard <first>. time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I wonder. I wonder why I didn't understand some of these songs. <laughs> Uh, I'm dumb. Um, and I don't know, like, I didn't feel bad then after reading, like, this interview. So the song I'm Clean is based off of this short story that one of the band members wrote about, uh, like, this woman that basically becomes a serial killer. And there, that's a lot going on just right there. That it's, <laughs> that's one song. It's a song based off this short story that they wrote that I don't believe has been released. Uh, <laughs> and like six eight screen is like a reference to like the six eight time signature, which I'm not like I don't have the musical ear to pick out time signatures. I can do four four. That's about it. But. So, I uh, yeah, I mean, what about you? Did you, so, yeah, you said, like, you had a tough time as well. <laughs> yeah, so. I had a tough time, and that was me knowing the backstory behind the title, where they released the single and then came out by kind of, like, there were a lot of, there were some think pieces from some smaller publications about, like, what, what that means. Yeah, um, so I mean, so I was like, oh, there's probably gonna be some stuff on here. And then, like, I listened to it, I was like, yeah, I didn't really under, I didn't get any of it. <laughs> yeah, so after, not to say it was bad, like, it's it is still a good album, and I don't think it's necessary that you uh, pick up on everything oh, in order to like it. Like the music, the music is good, but in order to like fully get out of it what the band intended, like, you kind of have to do some digging, I think, and mm-hmm. some research. So did you have like a track that you were kind of most interested in after reading the backgrounds from each? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so, honestly. the The opening song, I think, when I when I saw the track list, maybe Jesus is Son, mm-hmm. just because it's it's very uh, it's a lot to be. Uh, yeah, is that canon? Said, did Jesus have a son? We're all his children. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that that song caught my eye, and that's really the only song that has like an introduction, I guess, if you will. Like they don't just start like singing immediately. Uh, how about you, though? Was there anything that you kind of when you saw the track list and knew a little bit more about the? Um, Good Time Charlie, which we played earlier, and I definitely didn't mess the editing process up again. Uh, nope. <laughs> that was interesting because there, I, there was things I picked up on where I was like, all right, there's something going on here. And then um, I was like, oh, Charlie Wilson. Okay, that makes sense. That, But that was never a name that I would just pull out of the air because well, that's sort of before my time, like, paying attention to politics. Uh, But it is, like, a very interesting, their breakdown of Charlie Wilson and how he's portrayed in the Tom Hanks movie, Charlie Wilson's War, is very interesting. Um, And they're, I mean, the whole point of the song is that 
he's like clearly a bad guy, but even this Tom Hanks movie plays him up to be sort of this like cool like political operative that's like suave and like gets the girls and stuff while mm-hmm. like starting a war that kills <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and, so, and uh, yeah, well, I, was, I appreciate that um, like vantage point in portrayal in a song because uh, you can say the same kind of stuff about the like romanticism and like fascination with like serial killers mm-hmm. you know like the ted bundy stuff that's going on like there's all these movies about the guy that's like like he like <laughs> was a murderer yeah. and he's getting portrayed by like zach efron you know i don't yeah is yeah to that point uh, is a is a very interesting take on the song that they like just capture that within this one track. Yeah, um I mean I don't have a whole lot more to say because my my small brain is still processing a lot of it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um but it is yeah it is very cool to see this progression from them again from kind of a more straightforward just punk album to uh this album with like all these themes that we don't understand because we're stupid um and (laughs) and like cool like it's just like it's a different just sound but they do play with multiple sounds on the album so it makes it an, an engaging listen all the way through yeah they definitely test out some stuff um and i would recommend if you have never um Delve, dove, dived. I don't know. Listened to Priest before. I would recommend listening to that first album. Um, it's really short. It's like maybe ten songs. Um, and then check out this uh, this album um, and kind of see where they start to play around with some stuff. And a lot of that has to do with their uh, like one of their forming band members. Their bassist has left the band to go focus on his own kind of like. He's the lead person in that band, so they had to replace the bassist with two different people. They got a lot more production and writing help from like some industry plugs, if you will, that have like worked with like Saint Vincent and Weezer before. Um, so they just got, they had some other kind of they had some other help to make it a little different. Mm-hmm. They've gotten so, yeah. bigger, for sure. Yeah, they've gotten bigger, and I, it doesn't make it bad it's still a very good album but there's definitely some layered shit in there that i just had no idea and to your point probably still processing i i think my opinion of this will be very different after like four or five listens right yeah or uh maybe not opinion but like conceptualization of it so yeah Mm -hmm. that that does it you got anything else otherwise we could wrap this episode up uh we're gonna get done in time for tip-off yeah, it's t- done in time for tip-off. That's the, the motto, earbuds motto. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Yep.